Tonight on the Big Footy Podcast, we talk goal umpiring and technology. The prosecutor joins us to talk about Essendon and Chief visits Taronga Zoo. All this and more coming right up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fifth episode of the official Big Footy podcast. With me this evening is uh, Messenger. Hello. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> the old Dark Navies is here. Oh, turned on by that. Exhilarating to be here once again. Uh, Chief is here. Wonderful to be here. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, joining us from uh, the Essendon supporter group on the board is the prosecutor. G'day. <laughs> what that was crap. What is going on here? <laughs> oh, keeping it short and simple. And uh, as always, well, as he did last week, uh, we're rejoined by Jamie Johnston. Ladies, gentlemen, prosecutor. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and I, of course, am the Wookiee. Guys, let's get straight into it. And uh, we'll talk about uh, whatever your highlights are from the weekend. Let's start with Chief, since he's still alert. Taronga Zoo. I went to Taronga Zoo. I, was I don't know if you're allowed to talk about that, are you? <laughs> Looking into trouble. With the kids, you know, seeing the elephants, shit like that. What are you getting at? <laughs> this is real. This happened. Robert you... Woodock there, was he? <laughs> In the giraffe's cage. Practicing. Um, Being a lamppost. Yeah, <laughs> lighting up our lives. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing. I went to Sydney with the kids and the missus, did the whole touristy thing, and that's about it. So I haven't got any football. Did you get to the cross? No, I didn't. I tried to. <laughs> kids kept saying, no, Dad, no, not again. Not again. Not They're bailing out last time. <laughs> Alrighty, and uh, Messenger, what was your highlight from the weekend? Well, not so much a highlight as an observation, Wookie. I, I actually went back and looked through the fixture. I'd just like to read out a, a list of teams that have been uh, uh, beaten in, in uh, Perth and Adelaide by the Eagles and Adelaide, respectively. So these are top eight teams beaten by Adelaide and West Coast this season. <laughs> <laughs> Never has it been so... Never has it been such a low hurdle to jump. But 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 they were going to win the flag and stuff this year, Messenger. What's... Can you remember? We we think back on kids and, oh, we've got to go to Perth and play the Eagles. It's going to be a disaster. Now, oh, God, even Richmond can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really, it all right, yeah. really aren't going to be welcome on the Richmond board eventually, are you? Big hello to my Tiger brethren. <laughs> <laughs> ODN, what was your highlight from the weekend? Uh, I'll start with the obvious and uh, Ablett's goal um, and the and the respect afforded to him by uh, the Geelong fans after they had the game in their keeping <laughs> and uh, and even uh, Chris Scott in the box um, marvelling at the uh, at the great man um, and, and just on it just the Suns in general and um, you know, second week in a row they've taken on a very strong side and they've, they've competed they get blown away late in the game but uh, they've competed well and um, Raised a lot of what ifs, and um, I enjoyed the doggies having another win. They're on a roll. Yep. Two in a row. Mm, that's a roll for the doggies. <laughs> the prosecutor, what was your uh, standout moment from the weekend? 
Well, I think ODN just actually stole mine. Um, I'm going with the Gold Coast Suns. I thought their effort was fantastic. And in a season where it's been, well, the headlines have been dominated by uncompetitive teams like Melbourne, it's just fantastic to see one of those bottom teams really become competitive. So, yeah, I'll go with the Gold Coast in a semi-serious highlight this weekend. Excellent. And uh, Jamie, your highlight for the weekend? Uh, just two quick ones. Uh, not drawing against St Kilda and managing to actually get a win was quite nice. But the real highlight was <laughs> Melbourne's half-assed attempt to sack Mark Neal. Um, they can't even do anything right, can they? It's just a, it's, it's a comedy that keeps on giving. Indeed. Uh, for me, my highlight was the Hall of Fame last night and the induction of Royce Hart. Um a true legend of the game, no matter what you think of him. He played against Carlton in a couple of grand finals there in the 70s. Um, but he is uh, a standout for uh, centre-half, as far as centre-half forwards go. And uh, well-deserving. Unfortunately, it is kind of balanced with the induction of Matthew Lloyd into the Hall of Fame. So, uh, <laughs> um, well overdue. How, how, how the hell that was allowed? Beyond me. Somewhere, someone is throwing up grass and spinning in their grave. All right. So, everyone else, no, no other highlights you want to mention before we move on? Oh, I liked. Oh, sorry, I liked the history museum as well. My <laughs> 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 oh, 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 must record getaway. Jeez, I didn't know Katrina Roundtree was joining us tonight. Oh, this got interesting. I like the seat in a bikini. That'll be nice. Oh, <laughs> your wife is at the other end of the house, isn't she? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, moving on. Uh, goal review technology has been a bit of a subject uh, this week, thanks to Brenton Sanderson having a bit of a whinge about uh, the goal umpiring. Um, what are your views on this? Uh, we'll start with perhaps ODN, and we'll work our way around. Uh, look, it's it's better to have it than not to have it. Um there's you know, far too much scrutiny on goal umpires these days, and um, and it, one one positive from it is at least we we shouldn't get too many wrong calls on balls that pass the wrong side of the posts, um, and that's and that's probably why they implemented it in the first place. Um, I, I, a particular thing that's sort of um, annoying me is is, is um, the umpires seem to have made their decision on a lot of case, on a lot of occasions, and they're, they're talked into going to the review and wasting a lot of time by by the players who have always traditionally historically uh, claimed that they touched the ball even if they're meters away from it. Um, and um, yeah, I, I don't know whether I don't know whether we sort of uh, limit. I was thinking about uh, the cricket where uh, you're only allowed to have two appeals. If you get one wrong, you lose the, you lose the right to appeal. I was wondering if uh, that was something that we might think about. Yeah. Anyone else got some thoughts on this? Uh, well, just, oh, no, I was just don't. wondering with the, um, the, the Carlton boys here, had uh, the, the goal review technology been in place in 1993, would you have won the grand final? Would it have been no. able to... Able to prove that Stephen Silvani had touched the ball. There was a momentum changer for sure, um, and I just think that's one of the uh, many occasions that Essendon have cheated. I, I well, I mean, they had cheated the salary cap that year, I believe. So. I, I, I don't think, in, in terms of it affecting the result, I don't think it would have... Uh, goal technology might have helped that instance. I don't think goal technology would have stopped Michael Long. So... Um, the overpaid... It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have stopped Mark Athorn and uh, Tim Powell playing for it either. <laughs> So there's a, there's a few other issues in the 93 grand final besides goal technology to worry about. What concerns me, though, 
is boundary umpires overriding the goal umpire. Not, mm-hmm. well, not well, least this point. one where he apparently heard it in a crowd of 30-odd thousand people at, at uh, well, Football Park. Well, well, I, I was actually watching that live, and, and we have two examples of the boundary umpire's decision going up as the, uh, the decision for the, the ref. But think about the thing at, at Adelaide is he actually got that right. Yeah. Watching that live, that ball, Tim May would be proud of that off-break after it hit the post. I don't know what Brenton Sanderson's upset about. That was the goal umpire stood there and he absolutely swore black and blue that it, it clearly had hit the post. Now, the boundary umpire obviously heard it, but um, I, I guess this is part. Guess this is the decision uh, being right by luck more than good management in that, mm. in that respect. But the other example was the, uh, the one in the swans Hawthorne game where uh, Dane Rampey touched it on the line and the, the, um, the goal umpire who... Had, Sort of basically sailed over his nose, said it was a, a goal, but the uh, boundary umpire came in and uh, and said it had been touched. But so there's two points here. First of all, it really matters what goes up to the uh, official as the default position. And the other issue is that the quality of the technology they've got to actually view them view it is hopelessly inadequate. Mm-hmm. They can't tell. So most of the time, it comes back inconclusive. So the decision that actually goes up is the one that stands. They can't. They can't tell. I don't know why they don't use lasers. What about just HD? Lasers, sort of like, you know. Why don't they shoot these things in bloody HD? Lasers, I think, is the answer. I think think (laughs) (laughs) they're... Hang on, hang on. Why don't we use lasers? HD would be a waste of money. (laughs) Lasers. Freaking sharks with a freaking laser beam. What if if the goalposts... Just a big net of lasers across the... Yeah. What if the goalposts were giraffes? Easy. Next. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think I think the time that they take to do the review is a concern as well. It it, it disrupts the flow of the game, but you know. I think it just speaks to the quality of the vision they've got. Yeah. You try and, and you think it's the ten percent chance I could get that score knocked back or whatever? You're going to go for it, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, there's no I'm... incentive not to do it. The incentive is to. It's essentially every become single... cricket's form of. It's the same sort of thing that happened when cricket into, uh, brought in their video refereeing, <laughs> and you could start appealing for pretty much freaking anything. And uh, yeah, so maybe you have to limit it. I don't know. Quick hey. question on this: Who actually calls for the review? Because I never see the goal umpires really go to initiate it. It's more up. of a field umpire. The, the controlling field. It's a crowd does. thing. There's an app. You all just press a button. <laughs> <if you> it's <think laughs> like the clap of water. Go to Fango. <laughs> The field um, I don't. I yeah. don't think the goal umpires have the uh, the head gear, like the the earpieces and everything that the field umpires do. But so, even still, to like sort of, in, well, instigate the um, process by going to the field umpire. Hey, I'm not sure, because at the moment it just feels like that the field umpire just decides. Oh, it's pretty close. I'll have a look. It's not really the goal umpire saying I'm generally concerned here. I yeah, think yeah, what happened in Adelaide was that the goal umpire had said it's a goal, he was about to signal, and the boundary umpire actually came to the field umpire and said, no, 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 it's, it, it hit the post. I, I heard it hit the post. And at that point, and so he was standing there, and he's saying to the goal umpire, are you 100, you should hear the sound, are you 100% sure? And the goal umpire's nodding furiously. The boundary umpire's 100% sure in the opposite side of the argument. So then he had to call for the review. Now, the question, the, the critical thing was, which one did he choose to believe at the time? And he chose to believe the boundary umpire. Yeah. The field now, um, I'm led to believe the field umpire has the ultimate say because he has to give the all clear. 
Well, um, one thing that does bother it about me, uh, bother me about it, pardon me, is that um, you, you do get this ugly spectacle, one of you guys raised before, of the players now harassing the umpires. And yep. anyone who's been unfortunate enough to watch association football being played um, will note that there's really an ugly trend in that where players basically stand over the ref and really, really, you know, give him a card. Um, it can get quite ugly. And I think you're starting to see that creep into the goal review stuff a little yep. bit. And it's just a, it's a waste of time if you ask me. I like the element of chance, the mystery goal that gets handed out here and there. Keeps people on their toes. I, I don't mind them, the idea of going to two goal umpires. I think it keeps four. There'll be more umpires at GWS <laughs> games than there are people eventually. Any um, any um, other thoughts you guys have on this uh, goal umpire thing before we move on? Get get the technology right. Lasers, sharks, whatever they want. <laughs> I, I, I just have, I have an issue with um, you know how how things have they've got to be conclusive. So if a wrong call's made initially, and, and the, once again you're talking about the, you're talking about the cricket scenario where the umpire makes a decision. Now that doesn't matter. The same thing has happened, but if the, if the umpire says it's 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 out. Um, um, then it goes that way if it's inconclusive. Um, but if he says it's not out, then it goes it goes that way. So I'm just I'm just thinking there's some there's a lot of issues there's a lot of things that happen that are on the balance of probability, probably touched or 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 not touched. But because you can't you might be eighty percent sure because you're not a hundred percent sure they've got to go with the wrong call that was initially made. So um, yeah, that, so yeah, that's, yeah. I think you're onto something there. I think we really need to decide what constitutes conclusive evidence because if you're looking for 100% conclusive you're very rarely going to get it it's whether you know if you go for the you know 100% conclusive or you know beyond you know there's look as messages yeah so as just messenger said with the hd i mean how, how often can you tell fingers bending back it's pretty it's pretty hard to tell what bent the fingers back and if they did <laughs> indeed bend it and if you don't have a proper you don't have um proper footage um you know and, and yeah i mean and it, maybe... it comes to the frame rate as well you can't tell which side of the balls the line's on when it's touched and you know it's impossible to tell but the other thing the difference between cricket too is that cricket has has lent the umpire the opportunity to completely abdicate abdicate the uh decision making process to the video umpire um, but um <laughs> Yeah, they can actually completely defer to the video. Um, the AFL ups at least still have to make a decision at some point. All right. Mm. I'm going to move on. Uh, we're going to be discussing Essendon shortly and uh, whatever comes out of that. And before... Charges. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, first, it's time for AFL News. And uh, Royce Hart was last night inducted as the 25th AFL legend into the AFL Hall of Fame. Matthew Lloyd, Scott West, Hassan Mann, Rick Davies and Brian Peake were all inducted into the Hall of Fame as well, as well as umpire Brian Sheehan. Mark Neal to survive Monday's board meeting and will remain coach of Melbourne for the time being. Patrick Dangerfield plays his 100th game this weekend. Matthew Pavlich is apparently ready to return and will be doing so via the Waffle Lockie Whitfield from GWS is the Round 10 Rising Star nomination. 
The MCC has announced that it will use wires to attempt to defeat the Seagull Menace at the MCG, where Eagles apparently failed earlier. The Sandfall has deferred on the question of the Crows and Power Reserves team, saying it is the decision for the Sandfall Cubs to make and will not be making a decision on its own. This has been AFL News. See the powers fly up, up to win the premiership of man. Our boys who play this grand old game are always trying Moving into uh, our second segment for this evening, we're going to be talking about Essendon. Essendon who haven't well, who started the season a bit on fine, have drifted off a little bit uh, in recent weeks. How um, how are we seeing the Essendon season? And I think we'll start with our guest for this evening, the prosecutor. Um, he's an Essendon supporter. He's got the inside words on these things, so we'll ask him first. Hey, how are they doing it, uh, prosecutor? Um, we're doing well. Obviously, I'm a bit cautiously optimistic um, with the previous season's uh, occurrences, which we won't speak of. They, they never happened. But um, I think we're doing well, even in our losses. I mean, we're winning the inside 50 count, but our forward line is pretty dysfunctional at the moment. And we've got this kid in the VFL I think we should give a go by the name of Joe Danaher. Uh, people may or may not have heard of him. Um, but hopefully we see him Friday night, if not next week. Okay. Mm. So, do we have questions, people? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I, I'm just wondering if there's any chance of uh, of half your team being suspended before Friday night. Just, on, <laughs> just well, clutching at straws. Well, you can hope for the best, but I don't think so. <laughs> I hope not anyway. I've always seen uh, uh, I mean, might actually have a chance. So, I'm interested to know, Prosecutor, as a, I've always been a keen student of the Essendon Football Club. Um, yes, I've noticed that. Uh, how important do you think the addition of Goddard's been? Um, I think you guys were, were looking for another big-bodied midfielder with a touch of class to really help Job out. And it pains me to say this, but Job's one of the best players, if not the best player in the league going at the moment. And it just seems to me that Goddard has been the game-changer for you. He's uh, Him and Job together are worth more than the sum of their parts. Yeah, would you agree with that? Um, I partly agree. He's definitely been a valuable addition but I think it goes beyond Goddard this year. You've got to look at players like Michael Hibbard, who's at the moment, he's probably uh, right up in contention for a backline All-Australian position. Uh, Tom Bell Chambers, as uh, Ruckman's kicked 13 goals this year and is really starting to contribute around the ground. And even players like the Milan Kale Hooker. And I know this is going to sound um, rather funny, but he's actually leading the uh, competition for intercept marks. Oh. Oh. So, oh. The big stats. Oh. What's that? Yep. So he's that. Yep. So obviously it's a uh, good determiner of who's the elite in the competition. So um, I think it's an all-round package. But Goddard has obviously added that touch of polish, and he's really um, brought an outside perspective into the Essendon list because he's actually the only player who didn't get drafted by Essendon in our on our list. Uh huh. So it gives us that real outside perspective. Like he's played in grand finals recently, and just reinvigorates the group, I guess, and provides that leadership to help Job and the leadership group as it is. Who are uh, so. Speaking of an outside perspective, Dyson Shortstepple, um, he's moving to the midfield. He's, he gets a lot of touches and there's no denying the kid's got talent, but do you see him playing as much outside as he does for the rest of his career or, or can you see him perhaps moving into to where the, the thick of the action is? 
Yeah, I was going to ask you the same question about Sean Shatley, but um, we'll get to that later on. <laughs> oh, touche. <laughs> oh, but, um, <laughs> but in any case, with Dyson, with Dyson, he's been very good. Um, I don't. He's obviously not going to be in the mould of a um, Joe Watson or a JP Kennedy, but he's uh, um, he's very Pendlebury like in that. He gets the clearances, but he does it by just sheer smarts and positioning himself well to run through and collect. They both um, had rates. Yeah. Oh well, there we go. The um, they're practically the same. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he's no Gav Urquhart. Oh, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, North supporters, you still willing to trade Pendlebury for that? Um, but no, Heppel's um, he's got a very good inside game without being physically tough, and I mean. He's he's obviously going to have that short stepple tag, you know, fair or unfair for the rest of his career. But um, look, he does his job, and he's only going to get better. And he's definitely a player you'd definitely rather have on your team than the opposition. And is uh, are we expecting Michael Hurley back this week? We definitely are. Yes. I'd like to ask about you've got a number of tall key position type players. Where does Scott Gumbleton fit into this long? this Essendon side long-term, or does he fit into the side at all? So that's a, that's a good question. Um, Scott's got himself in a position where, obviously, Michael's the preferred centre-half forward. However, we've got Fletcher, who probably, I reckon he'll retire at the end of this year. There's just those signs that are starting to crop up. So there's a possibility that Hurley would go back for a centre-half forward for Gumbleton. The question is, if Gumbleton waits that out, and even still do the... Um, coaches at Essendon go for the two genuine key forward targets because at the moment we seem to be favouring uh, you know a Hurley centre half forward and a Crammery full forward but Crammery's what he's 188 centimetres he's not really a genuine you know key marking tall in the mould of a Danaher or Gumbleton so I guess Gumbleton's got to make up his mind really does he want to stay and try and fight his way in and hope that Hurley does get moved down back and that centre half forward position becomes available or does he look elsewhere for an opportunity where like a club at the Bulldogs or the Gold Coast where he could probably get a starting game each week and be a vital part of their setup do you think there's too much expectation on Joe Danaher I mean there's no doubt in the raps on the kid but he's yet to play a game do you think perhaps internally the the club or certainly the supporters are putting too much weight of expectation on, on Joe Danaher um, I guess that depends on who you ask. Um, outside, it's definitely the expectation, and even by the media, I mean, every week at the press conference, all you hear is, oh, when's Joe Danaher going to play, mm-hmm. even on AFL 360. But internally, they all know he's good, but they know that he's a 12-year prospect. He's not, yep. you know, so they're not going to rush him or build him up to play him straight away. You know, they'll let him go at his own pace and... They won't have. They won't be expecting like a salmon second year or whatever from him. They'll just be expecting development and give him three or four years until his body can really full, uh, fill out. And then I think we'll start to see the best of him. Well, having well, said that, oh, having said sorry. that, um, his performances in the VFL they're really starting to kick the door down. So even though the coaches might be trying to hold him back, we I think we'll see him very very soon. What what better entree to league football could there be than the Carlton backline? Exactly. <laughs> It's a perfect introduction. <laughs> and hey, what better way to celebrate the uh, first 140 years of our history by perhaps celebrating the best player of our next 140 years? Oh, Let's put it out there. Yeah. Putting it out there. 
uh, we'll move on to uh, what we our highlights from the upcoming round, uh, if there are any. Um, and we'll start with Messenger. Oh, God, I was afraid you'd say that. I I'm just looking at the fixture now. It's well, not you've a got very all sorts of smart round. things to say a minute ago. Let's... Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, all right. Listen, I am so pleased that Collingwood is not on Friday night footy this week. <laughs> I am absolutely fed up to my teeth of watching that that crap. Um, that was a terrible game last Friday night. Brisbane, Collingwood, dreadful. And uh, they're not very interesting to watch, Nathan Buckley. Lift your bloody game. Okay, Chief? Um, I think... Not going to Mona this week? Or? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, yeah. I mean, no Greenwell will be fun. Um... <laughs> Well, Essendon Carlton on Friday night. We'll see how that goes. You know, I mean, see how many we can beat Essendon by. Probably six or seven goals, I think. Um, and the fact that Brisbane aren't playing this week, which means I get to actually watch my team play football. Um, yeah, highlight. We hope. We fucking hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't even looked at the TV times. Anyway. That's going to be interesting podcast material. Let me just check the TV times. I'm <laughs> um, just going to change it to Brisbane. Just a sec, just a sec. Um, get get, get <laughs> away. Um, Drunga Zoo. Um, yeah, 7.30, 7, mate, live. Yes. So, yeah, live across the country. Um, Jamie, your highlight for the weekend, mate. Uh, mine's a bit of an anti-highlight. Um, Melbourne Collingwood. Um, the bloody Queens. How did that rabble get that year in, year out? I mean, it, it's just beyond me. So my, my highlight will be wallowing in the schadenfreude as they get a well-deserved pumping, and then hopefully it's the last time we ever see them in that fixture again. Yeah, but even you guys got Friday Night Football once upon a time. No, we've still got three games this year, and we'll do you comfortably in our annual Slaughter Court and Carlton Friday night in a few rounds time. We'll see, my friend. We'll see. And, uh, Prosecutor, your highlight from the weekend? Uh, well, obviously looking forward to Essendon having a you know triumphant win on the weekend. Um, apart from that, though, on the um, shout and fraud um, topic, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing North travel up to the Gold Coast. And we've seen Gold Coast in the last two weeks go very close against good teams. So we'll see how they go against an average team. We're expecting a North in crisis podcast no. next week. We, we, no, I tell you what, we're St Kilda in crisis. We just we need to give them the big footy bump soon. We've saved the Bulldogs. We saved North. We <laughs> the moral victories are really stacking up. We couldn't, uh, save, where are we they couldn't at? save Melbourne, unfortunately. Well, where are they at? Well, the interesting thing is that, that on the free kick, the pluggers' free kick differential um, table, West Coast Sponsored and St Kilda are, are at opposite ends. This could be fascinating stuff. I tell you what, St Kilda, I haven't watched them last week. They are an absolute rabble. They, they are, are not real. They are a long, they've got a long, long way to go. All right. Um, Mine. Any, any, yes, ODN. Yeah, no. Well, obviously it's Carlton Essen on Friday night, but I just want to make the point. This is only our second Friday night game versus Essendon in the last eight years. Uh, it flies in the face. It flies in the face of uh, supporters of some team who invented Friday night football, having a whinge about the blockbuster clubs always getting the best time slots. Um, you can play. You can play Carlton versus Essendon at three a.m. on a Tuesday, and they're still going to get more crowds than Northwell. Easy. Ooh. I didn't know the comedy festival had started. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm going to it this weekend. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. 
Um, any any closing comments, remarks you want to make? Oh, yeah, just my quick one. My payout on the St Kilda fan. I tell you what, I'll cop the whole North have got no money off Essendon supporters and Hawthorne supporters and pretty much everyone has more money than us. So With the shining example of St Kilda and Footscray who don't have more money than us, and there's an idiot standing next to me who goes, oh, North, why don't you get some more num- some more members? And it was only when it was pointed out to him by his mate using a phone that uh, North actually have more members than St Kilda now that he, <laughs> he finally did shut up that. But um, I just thought, oh, my God, you've just got a sad, sad life when you're barrack for St Kilda and you're having a go at other teams about finances. Fair enough. Anyone else got any uh, closing remarks? Oh, yes. The, uh, the uh, points scored record for a single game might be uh, up for grabs at Skoda Stadium this weekend. Geelong uh, visiting the, the Giants. Uh, it could be, um, what was the record? Was it 238 or something like that? 238. I reckon I could give it a big touch up this week. Yeah. They're going to get scored against like nobody's business. They could send the Falcons up there and that had happened though. Push up and run like crazy. That's mm. it. And then, no one else? Oh, I've just seen a horrible thing on the internet again. Um, Lance, <laughs> Lance Franklin should follow NBA star LeBron James and announce his playing mm. future on live TV, says oh, Damien Barrett. Oh, so oh bad, yeah. preserve us from that. Oh, I'm taking my, my talents to Blacktown, is that going to work? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'll tell you what. If, oh, no, I'll know it's all over if it gets to that, let me tell you. I will know it's all over. This is the bit where we should just fade it out, but do you reckon you'll go, Messenger? I'm. I was. I'm less confident than I was. I. I, I think I would say I'm sixty forty. Think he's going to go. Mm, all right then. Yeah, but it's. Uh, you can talk to any number of Hawthorne supporters. It's. It's very. Uh, there's a very wide demarcation, and the club are very. Um, shut up shop on this. There's not much goss coming out of, out of the football club. It's going to be about money, though, isn't it, Messenger? It is, but I think the, the offer that they've been talking about coming out recently, the question is, is that all cap money that they're talking about, that 1.5? Is there a little bit of uh, ambassadorial money involved in that offer that uh, Barrett reported on? That will be the interesting question. That is an absolute joke if he gets ambassadorial money to go play for GWS. I mean, I could buy the bullshit on um, Carmichael and, and Izzy Folau, but Franklin, it's just, I mean, it puts the Sydney shenanigans to shame if the AFL do that. It, it, the question would be, and I say this as somebody who enjoys, has enjoyed watching Buddy's career immensely, is he ambassadorial material? <laughs> certainly for the, for the licensed premises of the uh, the the Greater Western Sydney. The, the problem is, can he do this? Could he do the same job for GWS that Lockett did for Sydney? Well, uh, at the moment, he'd be like putting a Rolls Royce wood ornament on a Cortina. I'm not sure he'd help very much in a football sense. I've seen that. Have you? Have you really? Oh, you are from Adelaide. I think. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, I, I saw that when I lived in Broadmeadows back that in the day. That was actually but, uh... a Datsun badge, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it it's a quick, I don't think he helped all that much in a football sense. And I mean, Gary Ablett can play a blinder, but Gold Coast don't win that many football games. But um, yeah, so I think that if the Hawthorne only have to match the cap figure that the Giants are paying out, there's an opportunity to match and perhaps force a trade. But if he wants to go, I think Hawthorne will let him go and, and try and uh, force a trade and, and see what they can get back for him. But Seven first-round draft picks he's worth. Well, yes, seven. I'm sure he's worth seven. 
He's certainly worth two, I would think, but yeah. um, whether, well, whether not, that'll eventually... I'm not entirely sure GWS are worried about the draft at all at the moment, given that they are bringing up a host of... Uh, uh, young players at the moment, so getting an experienced forward of the calibre of Lance Franklin in might uh, might well be worth seven draft picks. Well, you've also got to give something to get something, so they may and they've got to start shrinking their list as well. So if there is somebody they can bring off their list that they won't eventually have to re-sign, um, and I've got a few names in mind I might like to see comes out. But uh, out of interest, who messenger? I mean, presuming blokes that they might give up, like you're never giving up Jeremy Cameron, for, for example. But who that they might give up, would you say, all right, him in a first rounder for Buddy? Uh, I think the name I keep hearing is Lockie Whitfield. Yeah. I think someone of that calibre would, yeah. be, would be the sort of thing we'd be looking at. Um, now, it just so happens that one of Lockie's cousins actually plays for Hawthorne, Jordan Kelly, who's a, who was a, a draftee uh, year before last. But, did he barry um, for Hawthorne as a kid? That... Yes, he did. Lockie Whitfield. Oh, well, he's, he's basically well, through the that, door. Hey? Just like Gary Ablett barry for the Suns when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, look, that's the sort of names we've been here. Whether that has any basis in fact, I have no idea. But but I would imagine they'd be looking at a player and a couple of picks if, if, a, if a, uh, a trade was to eventuate. But um, it's, yeah, look, it's one of those things. And I think the model for Hawthorne is the way Geelong handled it. They were... They got on with it, and they won another flag after that, and they had enough talent. They've had enough self-belief and enough talent to just keep the ball rolling, and I think that's what Hawthorne need to aspire to if if this eventuates. All right, we're going to sign off. <laughs> I, I have been the Wookiee with me. Uh, I'd like to say goodnight to uh, ODM. It's been brilliant. <laughs> the messenger. I love you, Lance. Don't go. <laughs> and Chief. Good night, ladies. And uh, uh, the prosecutor. Good night, everyone. And Jamie Johnston. Stand by James. (laughs) 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 Hashtag. All right, guys, thank you very much. We'll see you all on the forums.